What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. On the other side, David Lake. David, it has been a while, too long. Yeah, I missed you, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. And um, a few weeks, I guess like a hiatus. Uh, not much. Recharge. Was... Recharge. Recharge. Okay. Yeah. Sabbatical could be a word as well. <laughs> it was needed. Yeah, it was needed. A lot of news to get to, though, on the Miami side of things. Um, I think one of those podcasts, we left it kind of open-ended. Is there going to be any more staff changes? We said no. Uh, then Travis yeah. Williams left for UCF. So we're going to talk about that. Going to discuss Jason Blissett retiring um, and then mm-hmm. get into recruiting. It's like peak recruiting season right now. Yeah, a lot happened. I think I, you know, with my declaration that uh, Miami's coaching staff was set, clearly I jinxed things. Uh, you know, Miami got to keep Rhett Lashley, luckily, but the domino of Travis Williams reuniting with Gus Malzahn fell. And, uh, but Miami filled that spot too recently. And we'll get into that here. Yeah. Let's, let's kind of start there. So Travis Williams, good to know you. Um, how long was his tenure? Was it longer than Manny Diaz's at temple 18 days? Did it make, did it make it to three weeks? I think it was around 15 days. Okay. So it's in the ballpark. What, what like any Miami gear, what does he do with that? Is that being sold somewhere? Yeah, or you donate it. Yeah, that's a fair question. Or does he only like does he only like have one shirt at that point that he's just kind of rocking every day? Probably, yeah. He probably doesn't have too min- too much apparel, but I'm sure he's got you know a shirt for five days, seven days a week. Um, but does he have the typical uh, amount of apparel that these coaches acquire over time? No, but <laughs> I would assume he probably donated it or or maybe even he left it at um i don't know but yeah that's that's funny to think about um so he's he's gone uh i'm gonna get ahead of this and say like i know a ton of miami fans are upset that he left and for you know co-coordinator title or whatever it is at at ucf and is that what the title is co-coordinator yes Mm -hmm. okay I was trying to explain this to someone. I think it was on the radio. Like, you cannot fault a guy that is a young assistant coach for going and trying to get that coordinator yeah. um, title. I mean, look look at guys who are hired as head coaches. If that's your dream and your aspirations, you want to be a head coach, um, they don't hire position coaches. They hire coordinators. Look why Ephraim right. Bonda left Miami to go to Utah State. Um that was to run a defense and I, I, I get it. Maybe Travis Williams won't call plays, but this was a, a step that made sense for him in, in terms of career path. I don't know the financials and all that. Right. Um, but you know, I, I don't think you can fault him at all. And it sounds like Manny Diaz kind of like encouraged him to take that job. Yeah. I mean, if you, if he, if he wants to be a coordinator, right. And, and you looked at where he was, where, what his standing was even at Miami, he was probably kind of far down on the pecking order, right? So you had Manny Diaz, head coach, defensive play caller. You have Travaris Robinson, who has defensive coordinator experience in his past. You have uh, Jess Simpson, who has an assistant, you know, or associate head coach title. Uh, never been a defensive coordinator per se at the college level, but could he 
potentially get a crack at that down the road. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a co-defensive coordinator um, title at Auburn, and he was seeking that out. I think he does have head coaching aspirations, and it was my understanding, you know, all this the Auburn rumor stuff with the stop the steal, the Kevin Steele stuff that was happening there. Um, supposedly, the scenario was with the Auburn boosters, what they were trying to organize was Kevin Steele be the head coach and kind of groom Travis Williams as like a head coach in waiting type at Auburn. So I do think he has head coach aspirations and clearly the, the best path to do that is to go be a, a defensive coordinator at uh, UCF. It's similar in some ways um, to, to when Mario Cristobal back in the day was at Miami for like a month as the offensive line coach. He then got the opportunity to take that same position at Alabama. And, you know, he was able to turn that into a head coaching job eventually at Oregon. Um, uh, so, you know, all this stuff, the career paths, there's many twists and turns with these coaches and it's a game of chess in a lot of ways. It's interesting to follow and yeah, wish, wish Travis Williams, nothing but the best of luck. I do think he would have been a great fit at Miami. So it does hurt uh, from that perspective, but I do, I am intrigued by, by the move Manny made as his, you know, quote unquote replacement, I guess. Well, let's get into that move first off. I mean, I'm sure one Miami Herald writer is probably upset that they won't get to, you know, ask Travis about his rapping skills and and all that. Um, glad I don't have to read stories on that for the next two or three years. Uh, but Manny, is it official yet or it's reported? I mean, we're taping this on Monday morning. Uh, yeah, is, the is, ink is not dry. I don't think officially, right? Like it hasn't been announced, but Miami's confirmed it. So it's happening. It's just not official yet. Okay. And, and that hire is Ishmael Aristide, who was a defensive analyst at Texas A&M, right? Yes. Yes. Do you want Young my, guy. do you want my thoughts or you go first? Yeah. So I'll just give my quick thoughts. Young guy. I think he's 30. And I think the general thinking of this is load up a coaching staff with young, hungry recruiters with ties to the South Florida area. You can get into those ties here when you talk, but uh, Aristide, even you know, being at Texas A&M, uh, made an impact recruiting South Florida in that analyst role. Um, he's highly respected, highly regarded uh, as an up-and-comer in, in the coaching industry, and Manny Diaz made that move. I like it because it's going to really test my theory of, you know, I'm all about players, players over scheme, recruit, 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 get the best possible players you can get. I think guys like Ishmael Aristide and Demarcus Van Dyke on a coaching staff uh, will test that theory because they don't have much coaching experience, but I think they are young, hungry recruiters. And I think the potential is there for them to stack talent. So what is your thoughts? Well, you, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, this is a green uh, defensive staff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it's like green. Um, but I do believe in, in DeMarcus Van Dyke. You know, I, I think he's hungry and a willing learner. And I think 
Ishmael Aristad, or is that how you say it? I hope that's how you say it. I think it's Aristide. Aristide. Okay. I'm sure someone will message me or text me and be like, you're an idiot. You don't know how to, how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, like, I think those two are rising stars in the industry. Like, um, Ishmael was on the 24 seven sports 30 under 30 list. So that's guys that are in some working in some level in, in the football offices, whether it's an analyst like he was or a graduate assistant or a recruiting ops person uh, every year, 24 seven sports tries to identify those up and comers. And it's, it, where does that list come from? It, it's people in the industry that are passing those names along. And he was one of those names. Now he was at Texas A&M. And if you guys follow recruiting, I mean, I think you do if you're on this podcast, you know, Texas A&M has been super involved in South Florida in recent years. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher went there from Florida State, um, but they they found some footing. And Ishmael was one of the big reasons why his father is the principal at Miami Northwestern. I actually saw him. Ooh, I want to say it was two seasons ago when coaches could go back out on the road. Manny Diaz and Stephen Field were at Traz for Central Northwestern. Um, you know, Miami played the, night, the next night. How many future Hurricanes played in that game? A ton. Uh, but there was another guy on the sidelines in a Texas A&M pol- polo, and that was Ishmael. Uh, and he could be there because dad was the principal, you know, even though he wasn't a full-time assistant. Um but he's, he's a big reason why they got Donnell Harris, the defensive end out of Gulliver Prep, and then the two kids out of Miami Central this past cycle, Amari Daniels and Yul Keith Brown. So I think from a recruiting standpoint, slam dunk hire. Um, was he a running back or a defensive back at Purdue? I know he played at Purdue, and he's from the Orlando area, correct? Yeah, he was a defensive back. I remember – I forget what cycle. It was either 09 or 10. Um he was a guy that Miami kind of sniffed around as a recruit. I don't think they ever really made a strong push for him, but there was, there was an evaluation that happened, I guess, and uh, ended up at Purdue. But yes, he, his playing background was more so as a, as a defensive back. Yeah, he's from Evans. You, you're correct, Evans, in the class of 2009. Damn, David, that's right. You were in the thick of things then. <laughs> A young David Lake. Uh, you saw the picture of what I looked like back then, Demarcus Van Dyke, uh, getting after it in recruiting. Who, which one's older? Uh, I'm older than. Are you saying Demarcus or? <laughs> yeah, Demarcus and Ishmael. I don't care how I, old you are. I think Demarcus is by two years. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I think this is big. I, I try to reach out to some recruits and see if they knew him. Wesley Bistain, the, the the linebacker, the top 247 linebacker at Miami Central, he said he knew who he was. So I, I think from, like I said, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, this is, this is a good get. My, my only concern is like, man, like this is a young, unproven defensive staff for the most part. Um, and I think, you know, like Manny, like this, however the defense looks in, in 2021, it's all on you, right? I mean, just kind of with how this, this shook out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pressure's on for Manny Diaz. Um, but again, okay. Where do you stand on it? Like, are you concerned or do you like the, the, the potential recruiting upside? Um, which, which side, if you had to pick one, would you fall on? I don't know, man. I, I mean, if I was Manny, I'd like, I'd be more concerned about keeping my job and, and winning games, but like, 
they have some some the potential to clean up and, and not put a fence around South Florida, but you know, get in some living rooms that maybe they haven't before um, mm-hmm. and, and get kids really, really thinking about this. So that could pay off two, three years from now. I mean, I, every, we've always talked about it. Like they just need to get some good, good recruiters. And I think DVD and Ishmael, like, man, they're starting their careers. Like they are going to want to be good right. recruiters. It's not like they're on the back end and, and they're over it and everything. So I, I, I do like that. Um, we'll just see, we'll see how it goes. What about you? North Carolina game. We'll find out, right, if this move was worth it. Um, so let's talk about kind of where he where he fits in with the staff, right? Because I think he's going to be like the new strikers coach, essentially, uh, Coach Aristide. And that would slide John Patkey to inside linebackers, which I'm sure Manny Diaz will also have a hand in too. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, I don't really have like a, you know, I, I think Patky gets a ton of hate for, I don't know why, um, but you know, like the strikers have been Miami's best position group on defense or one of the best the past two seasons. No. Yeah. I think it's been fine. Um, I think the only thing, my only question would be, you know, the linebacker recruiting. Uh, can he get it done there? But I think, you know, guys like DVD and, and coach Aristide are, are going to help assist in, in getting those inside linebackers. Well, I mean, right. Can, can we point that like, has the linebacker recruiting really been that good? Like, no, it it's already, at, it's already yeah. at the bottom. So it, it, I don't think it could get worse. I would agree with that. Yes. It does need to improve. Um, what, what I'm interested to see is, how they restructure the recruiting territories. I, I've kind of asked around. Right. Um, it, is, it is to my understanding. I don't know if I've someone asked this on the message board through the smoke, you know, a few weeks ago. And to my understanding, T Rob has Mike Rump's old territories. Um, so Miami previously had Broward County split up where Eric Hickson, the running backs coach had had part of it. Uh, and Mike Rump had uh, the other half of it, which was like American Heritage Plantation. So I think that's now T. Rob's school. So I think those guys, that that's how they'll handle Broward. You know, Palm Beach has been relatively dry over the past few years. I, I don't know who, who, who has that or, or whatnot. I, I still think Rhett Lashley has the state's Space Coast, which, in my opinion, is kind of a, a underrated region. That Space Coast and, and mm-hmm. Treasure Coast. Uh, but in, in Miami Dade, that's what everyone wants to know. You know, Ephraim Banda was kind of like the dude down there. And then you had Stephen Field, who um, had, I don't want to say like the inner city schools, but most of the city schools like inside the city, those were sure. uh, field schools like Miami Central, Booker T. Washington, Miami Northwestern, uh, Miami Norland, like all those schools were, were fields. Um, I don't know if DVD or Ishmael will get those schools, but I think from what I understand, those two will have Miami Dade and then Steven Field is going to kick out up into Orlando, Belglade. Remember he used to coach in Belglade. Right. And then they'll give him like the Lakeland that that uh, is that I4? Yeah, I4 corridor. That's where yeah. they're going to put him. So uh it'll be interesting to see who kind of gets where. I mean, does it really matter right now like no one can get out on the road, but Right. Um that's to my understanding. They're going to let these two young guys just kind of churn and burn in in Miami-Dade who would you put in South Dade County um I think you gotta put it ish 
ish. I, yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just think it's so it's so it's so close to your school that like you can attack it however you want. Like everyone right. can have a hand a hand in it. Everyone can have four or five schools. And, and um, but I think you got to give like ish the Miami Chance. North. Yeah, no, Miami Northwesterns, Miami Centrals, and then. You know, it would make sense to give DVD Pace, which is where five-star right. defensive lineman Shamar Stewart is. I mean, that's where he went to school. So we'll see how it's drawn up. But like, man, it, even the even them having the us having this conversation just shows like how how good it is. I yes. think. And, and recruiting director David Cooney has a lot of ties in in the South Miami Dade area too, which yeah. certainly helps. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to Jason Blissett? Yeah, um, feels like it was two weeks ago, but I think it was last week, right? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. This this was news to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jason Blissett announced he was retiring from football due to health concerns. Um, you know, wish him all the best, of course, and uh, hopefully he can have a healthy, happy life with, with whatever he pursues, right? Um, but from a Miami football perspective, you know, it, it certainly takes away a potentially uh, athletic defensive tackle prospect that they were excited when they signed him, right? Um, we didn't get to see much of that during his UM career, which, you know, probably is attributed to some of the health issues he was dealing with uh, while he was at Miami. Um, but I do think it's fair to say, like, if, if Jason Blissett was able to fulfill his potential, down the road, he could have been a starting defensive tackle type. Um, what what was your initial reaction when you heard that news, Andrew? It sucks, man. You know, he was a, a top two, four, seven kid, um, a guy who flew down on his own dime to go to Paradise Camp and earn an offer, a guy that wanted to be at Miami, um, and an intriguing prospect. Like, he played – running back. I think he ran right. for over 600 yards. Um, you know, initially I think me and you thought in that what was that 2019 class, he might've been, um, the cream of the crop in terms of the interior defensive alignment. Cause they also signed, uh, uh Gerard Harrison, Harrison Hunt, Hunt and, and yeah. Jalar Hawley. But then, you know, when, when we had that chance to see the, the practices, uh, we, we quickly fell in love with JHH. Yeah. Um, but no, man, th- th- this sucks. I will say the good thing if you're Miami, there's like a ton of depth on the inside. Like yeah. g- getting John Ford back is now, I guess, even more important. Um, you know, we like some of those other guys, Elijah, Elijah. Roberts. Yeah, you're like mm-hmm. a big on him. Quentin Williams, I think, is also yeah. overlooked. You know, we haven't even really seen much of Jalar Hawley. Uh, and then, you, and then you got a five star coming in and right. Leonard Taylor. So, like, I don't think it's the end of the world. It, it just sucks that it played out like, like this. Cause I think Jason really enjoyed being at Miami and it was a pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah. He did. It did seem like he liked being at Miami. It seemed like he loves the game of football. So it's a, it's a tough, tough sport in that regard. Um, and again, just wish him all the best and a healthy life. Uh, should we move on to the transfer portal rankings now? Yeah, man, because you're like all in the weeds on this, texting me about it on Friday or is it Thursday? Twenty four seven sports. I think it was the third, fourth year in a row of row rolled out its transfer rankings, um, hmm. and two Miami players were ranked. Somehow, D 
DeAndre Johnson didn't make the top 50, but we'll save that argument for another day. Um, big, the, I guess the biggest one is what uh, Tyree Stevenson ranked as the number one cornerback in, in the transfer portal. And he's, he's the obviously- top transfer corner, right? So he's number eight. What, what they did was they, they ranked the top 50 guys, right? Um, and Tyreek Stevenson, uh, Georgia cornerback transfer already on campus, already enrolled, uh, gonna go through spring football. He ranks number eight overall. So, um, you know, Miami landed, I think before this list, we would have argued they landed the top corner that was available in the transfer portal. And this kind of confirms that belief. Um, and then you look at where Charleston Rambo's ranked, he's ranked as the 19th best player in the transfer portal. They gave him an 89 rating, which is a high, high, high end three star on the border of, of being a four star. He was an 89 coming out of high school for what it's worth. Okay. So fair, same, same, same ranking. And he ranks as the number two wide receiver uh, transfer that's been available thus far. So, you know, Miami addressed two big needs there. And then I think DeAndre Johnson might be a little underrated here. I I would probably argue that he's going to be more productive than some of these guys that are ranked in the top 50, but you know, you could also say that's a homer take, but uh, they rank DeAndre Johnson, Tennessee transfer with an 84 grade, which is like a mid to low slash three star. 84. Wow. I didn't even, I didn't even look at that. And yeah, I mean, I, I do think DeAndre is going to produce. At okay. Miami. I was, uh, I thought I was going to follow up what, over under on, um, <laughs> Six sacks, I think, is a fair expectation. And, you know, I think that's a solid year from from DeAndre Johnson. Um, You know, if he gets more than six sacks, I think that's a great transfer addition. So he had four and a half sacks at Tennessee this past year. He kind of, uh, he was a starter, but he, he got rotated in a lot. So he played 350 snaps. I think at Miami, he could potentially play 500 snaps. And if he does, that gets him in that six, six sack range at Miami. So I think if he does that, he should be viewed more so as like a high end three star type, in my opinion. Yeah. Any like ranking surprise you <laughs> where you're just like, whoa, what? Yeah. Um... This will be, this will be, I mean, just give me like one or two. Who was the top player? Top player is uh, Eric Gilbert, Gilbert, who's the tight end from LSU going to Florida, which I agree with. He's a stud, probably going to be a first round pick tight end if if everything goes well from a health standpoint with him at Florida. Number two, Demarcus Bowman, uh, Clemson running back, former five-star, transferring to Florida. Number three, Henry Toa Toa. So he's a Tennessee linebacker been good been productive there hasn't announced where he's going yet the belief is probably going to be Alabama uh, so we'll see there um, my biggest I don't know I got some complaints but uh, it's just the, the order of stuff uh, I don't like they have Tanner Mordecai as the number one quarterback transfer Oklahoma to SMU I would probably push back on that um, 
I would push back on a lot of these Florida State guys they have ranked highly. But again, I would probably get criticized for being a Miami homer with bringing that point up. Uh, like, okay, here's one. And again, this is really in the weeds. No one listening to this is probably going to care. But they have Jaden Lars Woodby, who's transferring from Florida State to Boston College, uh, ahead of uh, Jamie Robinson, who is transferring from South Carolina to Florida State. And I think pretty much everyone, the consensus would be Florida State is actually improving in that regard, uh, bringing in Jamie Robinson to replace Jaden Lars Woodby. So I would flip that, but I do think their cornerbacks that they have ranked in this transfer ranking are probably too high. Um, Brandon, is it Brandon Moore? I think he's coming off an injury, so we'll see. He was good when he was healthy. And then uh, the guy they brought in from Arkansas, I forget his name, but uh, I just, I don't see it. But again, these are all up for debate. This is why we do it. Because uh, yeah. it's fun to talk about during the off season and uh, pick apart. So, but the yeah. bottom line from a Miami perspective is they they have filled three positions of need in the portal with three quality players that I think are going to be starters, and that's what you want the portal to be. Um, go fill your needs, go get starters, and Miami did that. Yeah, my my beef with the, the transfer rankings: Nikosi Perry in eighty-two, low three-star. <laughs> dude, dude has attempted almost 400 pass attempts started over 10 games 2400 yards passing like i i would mix up all the quarterback rankings yeah. like i they have hendon hooker 10th in the quarterback ranking oh, he should be way higher he's probably like an nfl guy he well i don't know about that but he's better than like we've seen more from him than tanner mordecai um right. i think jack Cohn going from wisconsin to notre dame is intriguing you know, and yeah, Nikosi Perry put him in the right system. You know, it is what it is, though. All right, let's take a quick break on the other side, get into kind of a little transfer nugget, and then we'll talk recruiting. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, David, I think me and you have 
I don't know if teased, but we've brought up the fact that we don't think Miami's done with talent mm-hmm. um, acquisition. You know, could they add a guy through the portal this summer, count some guy, someone forward? We know they're right. tight on numbers. Uh, and I wrote last week that Miami had made contact with running back Cody Brown, who right. is a oh the twenty four seven Sports Composite ranked him as the number ten running back in the class of twenty twenty one. He had signed with Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Pruitt obviously was let go. They hired Josh Heupel, and he got out of his national letter of intent. So. Uh, Miami was free to contact him or, or anyone could contact him. He told me Miami reached out to them. And as of Monday morning, you know, I, I'm starting to think that Miami could uh, mm. potentially be the landing spot. You know, I, I haven't put in a crystal ball pick or anything like that yet, but I know conversations are on going. Um, so we'll see. But what do you think of them trying to add another running back? Cause I, I'll give yeah. my thoughts, but like, you know, this, <laughs> this probably, yeah, this probably came, you know, I, I, did you see this coming or, or, or what do you think? I, I thought they might need to add one. And, you know, the guy who the easy one to point to, I think was Mark Anthony Richards, right. Who is Amon Richards, younger brother in the transfer portal from Auburn. It now looks like with Gus Malzahn at UCF, he might end up, transferring there um he's going to finish out his semester at auburn i guess and and make a decision during the summer um but yeah i mean if you look at just from a clear number standpoint bodies available you want you want at least five running backs on your roster and right now you know miami projects to have four in 2021 when you uh count thad franklin the signee who's not yet enrolled but going to be this summer. So yeah, it, it does make sense to add a guy like Cody Brown. Do you know, let me ask you this. Do you know who else is like in the mix with him? I don't, I do not. Okay. I, you just told me Miami and a bunch of schools. And like I said, on Sunday, I kind of heard something that leads me to believe like Miami is, is seriously I- involved in this. And, um, you know, like you said, yeah, Miami's got some, some good young running backs, but Dude, one one or two of those guys get dinged up. You could be in a right. get in a weird spot real fast. Do you have you seen him in person? No, I've not. Thank you, okay. COVID nineteen. <laughs> never <laughs> never got to get up there. I, I mean, I've evaluated him. I, I you know here's the thing. Like he's pretty dang similar to Thad Franklin. Yeah, um, he's a big bruising running back. You know, played soccer at one point in his career like high school career which is i don't know it's it's kind of different um has ran for over 1500 yards i want to say in three straight seasons um you know i would rank him ahead of thad franklin if we're just being honest like in terms of yeah uh style they're just very similar and that neither one is is much of a burner the thing i like about cody brown's tape is the contact balance, the ability to break tackles. Um, and I, I like his addition. And I, I would say the same about Thad Franklin. I like how they are the type of running backs that will bring diversity to the running back group, I think, from a skill set standpoint. Because you look at uh, Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton, 
they don't have bad size, but they're not the biggest guys. Their, their game is more like speed, right? Um, whereas these guys, Cody Brown and Thad Franklin, bring that power element, which, you know, I do think if I was nitpicking the run game, I, I think there was some struggles to pick up short yardage first downs at times last year. So um, adding some of these type of guys should, in theory, help in that regard. So I, I'll admit, I like, I, I like the guys, the running backs that are bigger, 220 types, have quick feet, uh, may not be burners, but uh, can run through tackles, have good balance, and just grind on a defense during the course of the game. I like those type of guys. Now, the speed element, of course, is, is very, very important. And if a guy like Cody Brown does have elite speed, then yeah, he would be a, a five-star running back. Um, so I like the diversity he and Thad bring to this group. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, who, who knows? I think it makes sense in, for Miami to take him. I, I get it. You're taking a counter away from your, what would that be, 2021, 2022 calendar year. Right. But let's be honest. Like, I don't think it's a great year in state no. or locally for 2022 running backs. So maybe if you take Cody and, and pair him with Thad, right. you know, then you could go after a, I don't know, like a slot guy that could double as a running back, but also maybe a receiver. Like you go, you go and try and find speed or you don't take a running back at all. Um, right. Cause remember like Thad and or not Thad, excuse me, Don and, and Jalen's clocks didn't even tick. This, right. this past year so I, I i don't know i get it um you know we'll see i looked i thought it would if they added him it would move miami's class up in in the 24 7 sports it, it won't um yeah but who knows some other people could defect from other schools like tennessee um and that could yeah. ju jungle it up some more so so we'll see but you know i i get it you know i, I get the pushback from other people but um you know give me those type of running backs like when Miami's going up tempo that you can hand it to them on a draw and you know, they're going to fall forward for four or yes. five yards. Yes. I like it. I like the mix. And as I said, I have a type at running back. Cody Brown is my type. Interesting. Cause good thing you're not an NFL GM. Yeah. I mean, I, I know speed does matter. He he's not the fastest guy, but I don't think it's a thing where, you know, I, I still think he can be very effective. Okay, you ready to get into some recruiting? Let's do it. All right, I was in Myrtle Beach over the weekend, freezing nice. my balls off, dude. Nice. <laughs> Got to uh, the stadium where this thing was being held with, with Steve Wiltfong Saturday morning, first game, 7.30. It is walk onto the field, but as we're walking on the field, the track like that goes around the field was iced over. Um <sighs> Spent all day outside, so I, I, I froze. But I saw a lot of dudes. Uh, didn't see any Miami commits, but some guys I want to talk about. Before okay. we, we dive into those, you did write something yeah. Monday morning on, on Miami. What we believe is the top quarterback target uh, for the Hurricanes in the 2022 cycle. That is Ja'Curry Brown out of Valdosta Lounge. Uh, David, me and you saw him play this past season. Mm -hmm. On the way up to Clemson, he has Miami in the top five 
Florida's in there. Arizona State's in there. Texas A&M's in there. Uh, and I'm, I'm missing another Auburn. school. Auburn. Auburn. Uh, Gators have been the, the crystal ball leader, but Brian Johnson leaving Gainesville yeah. to go to the Philadelphia Eagles seems to have kind of you know, changed the, the dynamic and the feeling inside those with the recruitment. Yeah, so Florida probably should be viewed as – I would still say they're the team to watch, right? Uh, but they have a new offensive coordinator and Garrick McGee. Well, new, and, new, new quarterbacks coach. Let's Okay, sorry, new quarterbacks coach. And he seems to be, at this stage, uh, more enamored with a pair of guys out of Texas and Cade Klubnik. Am I saying that name right? I think and, it's Klubnik. Klubnik. Who is a highly touted guy, right? Like he's highly sought after, big time pocket passer type. Reminds me of the Garrett Nussmeyer of, of this cycle. Okay. And Nick Evers, who is he a three star? Do I have that right? That yes. might be a riser. He he could potentially be a riser, yes. I haven't watched his, his junior tape, but yes, he he had a good season from what so he can run around a little bit. He's got a live arm. Uh he's a guy that has a lot of potential. It seems like Garrick McGee uh, would have those two guys ahead of Jacuri on the board, um, whereas Brian Johnson might have just been all in with Jacuri and could have been a done deal by now, to be honest. Um, So that's kind of opened things up for Miami, uh, who appear to be making Jacuri a high, high, high priority. Um, Again, I, I... I would not count Florida out. I don't think it's over at all. Okay. Uh, but but things do seem to be trending towards Miami um, being a significant player and maybe the landing spot. I think I think there's still some steps to go, uh, but things th- things do appear to be looking good with Miami and Jacuri. I think. Can I fire something in here, yeah. in here real quick? Yeah. All right. Like, let's go back to the Jake Garcia recruitment. All right. You're going to be like, wow, this is a random right. tangent. But what was the one thing we kept saying in that recruitment? Hey, well, he's been to Miami twice before yes. or, or three times before or whatever it was. And look, Ja'Curry Brown threw or camped on his own. It's not like Miami even invited him. Like, I think right. when he showed up that day, like Dan Enos had no idea who the hell he was. And I was like, yo, like this is, this is a guy. Cause I'd seen him throw the previous day at FAU for Lane Kiffin. And like Lane Kiffin was like, Oh my God. Like right. uh, he was like in the, you know, freshman sophomore line and they pulled him over to the other side. So he's been on campus before. And I think this counts. I mean, we're, we're in what month 11 <laughs> of this dead period. It's going to go. Yeah through may so i do think that counts a little bit i know more and more kids are taking their own um you know self-guided tour visits uh and jacuri's been to florida plenty of times but i I do think that counts when when we talk about his recruitment and i think my understanding is he's trying to set up a visit to miami you know at some point in march or april again he has to see it on his own dropping some scoop man look at you he can't, he can't interact with coaches, all that stuff. But, you know, just if he does make that trip, that's a big deal. Um, nothing's, nothing's set yet, but I think the desire to see Miami at some point this spring is there. Um, the other schools, just quickly, I'll touch on them. So Texas A&M, yes, they have a commitment from Connor Weigman. Uh, Wegman. Wegman. 
Dude, see, me being on the re- recruiting calls, I just know how to say everyone's names. So my understanding there, he's a top 100 guy. I don't know much about him as a player, but my understanding there is Jimbo kind of uh, pushed him to commit. He committed, but Jimbo is still highly enamored with Jacuri's potential and upside. So he is going to still be a target of Texas A&M. And Jacuri uh, has a lot of respect for Jimbo's track record of developing quarterbacks. Arizona State, probably a dark horse. Uh, Herm Edwards is a guy that has made a nice impression on Jacuri. I think the thing to watch there is AJ Duffy, who's at IMG Academy. And you tell me what's going on there because he released the top four and it didn't have Arizona State, right? Okay. Like we can move fastly through this. Uh, I don't think AJ, from my understanding, is as as high as some of these other quarterbacks might be after on the board like jacuri's ahead of him right. um yeah aj crystal ball swung all the way in favor of arizona state a few weeks ago um greg biggins uh the 24 7 sports west coast he kind of broke this down on the 24 7 sports college football recruiting podcast if you guys have not heard that um but aj then puts out a, a, a top four that didn't even include arizona state uh right i i guess he's trying to people throw people off the scent uh, on okay. the trail or whatnot. I mean, I expect him to end up at Arizona state, uh, so but I get, he, I, get what you're, I get what you're saying with the dominoes, you know? Yes. Yes. So if he ends up at Arizona state, it doesn't make much sense for either side, like Jacuri or Arizona state to stay in communication. Yeah, don't forget right? though. Arizona state took three quarterbacks two cycles ago. Fair. When Rob Likens was on staff. And then the last team Auburn, um, Similar to Florida and Miami, Jacuri's been there. Uh, you know, he, he's been there, visited there pre-COVID, et cetera. And Mike Bobo, who is Auburn's current offensive coordinator, was the first coach to offer Jacuri when he was at Colorado State. So there's, there's somewhat of a, a relationship there. But if I was handicapping it, I'd probably still, at this point, I'd give the slight edge to Florida. I, if I was betting, I think it'd be a smart bet to bet Miami. Um, and then, you know, I'd go Texas A&M third, Arizona State as a smart dark horse bet, and then Auburn, you know, they're in it. But that's... Oh, I, can't, dude, I can't wait for the day that, you know, FanDuel Sportsbook has, <laughs> you know, odds on where these kids are going because I will be making a premium penny. All my friends will be as well. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Hopefully, you push back on anything I said. No, 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 no. I, just to to follow up on on Miami and the quarterback situation. Uh, like again, I think Jacuri is in the lead group. I don't know if he's like number one on the board, right. uh, but he might be one B, and there's a one A. I, I know they do like Cade Klubnik as well. Right. Uh, I just don't. I don't see. Like I said, it when I when I compared him to Garrett Nussmeyer, I just meant you know a guy that is a big domino that hasn't fell from Texas that a ton of big schools are in on and more and more seem to be getting in on. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think you painted a, a good picture of what's going on. I agree with it. Um, we don't have to get into Curry as a prospect. We can save right. that for another podcast. Um, but yeah. And, and I will say, I know Brett Lashley spoke with Zion Turner last week. He's, he's St. Thomas Aquinas's uh, quarterback. I don't know if that was over Zoom or whatnot, but he's 
he's still a name to know. Didn't have mm-hmm. as good of a junior season as he did a sophomore season. Maybe he rebounds here and as a senior, but he, he will be in play. And then, man, there's a kid I like up in, in the Melbourne area, Davin Widener, Widener, I think is his name. Um, Pass for a bunch of yards. I'm going to rank him as a upper or mid to upper three-star here soon. I think, David, you watched his tape. I mean, we're not saying he is like plan A material or anything like that, but kind of reminds could be compared to like a Tyler Van Dyke type in, in terms of like a right. big body, big arm. So I don't, I've, I've no idea if Miami's even talked to him. It's just, I think, you know, I think more options will emerge if, if they need to um, emerge. Yeah. It, it's quarterback recruiting is always fun to follow. And, uh, but again, I, I do think from both sides, cause that's what quarterback recruiting is all about. It's got to make sense for the quarterback right. and it's got to make sense for the program. Things seem to be coming to a head with Ja'Curry Brown in Miami. So it, uh, we'll see how that develops over the next, you know, few months, to be honest. Um, all right, let's let's power through some yeah. quick, quick hitters. Uh, Kamari Rogers, cornerback out of Mississippi. Kid, we talked about following the Battle Miami 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. I talked to his dad last week. They are planning on announcing a commitment in July. I think July 11th is the date. My understanding is this is like a Miami uh, Ole Miss battle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 a, probably a tight one. Uh, um, and then I, I think the other school to watch is Notre Dame. They they just offered. Dad told me that they're going to fly out there and, and do a visit on their own. But this one's probably going to go down the stretch. Um, and some people feel like Miami, you know, might be where dad wants him. I mean, who knows how this will play out, but Miami definitely involved there. And then there's another corner. I don't know if we've discussed him yet. Raquan Fagans. Uh, he's out of Alabama, Oxford High School. Saw him this past weekend in Myrtle Beach. Saw him two weeks before that when he was guest playing for the Miami Immortals. So he came down to South Florida um, while he was in the area. He drove by. Coral Gables got a C campus, you know, couldn't go inside the facilities or meet with anyone, but Miami seems to be heavily involved there. Georgia would be where my crystal ball is for Fagans. Although I think the looming threat of Alabama is always there. David, do you have any thoughts on, on these two? So I, I want your opinion on how, like as players, how do they compare to like the South Florida guys? Cause that's always going to be the question with Miami fans, right? <laughs> Like Earl Little, uh, the Mullen, the, the young Mullen. So I, um, I rank both those, you know, Earl Little, I, I would have ahead of those two. Um, mm-hmm. But Earl Little to me is more of a slot defender. Um, doesn't mean he can't get it done on the outside, but I think he's a guy you kind of play closer to the line of scrimmage, um, maybe potentially put him in safety in some situations. You know, he's really good at changing directions. Mm-hmm. I, I recently did his two four seven sports comp compared him to Tyron Matthew. And, you know, I hate comparing him to like superstars, young kids like this, but they want NFL guys. And I just think if you watch the Kansas city chiefs this season, or you understand kind of where the right. NFL is like, man, these DBs, like you just like guys don't have a set position. They kind of have a, like a role. And I think that's what Earl little can be. Like he'll always be on the field. He could be outside in some situations, uh, but maybe you need him in the slot on a, on a, on a faster, quicker receiver. Um, so I have him like 
I don't have my cornerback rankings in front of me. Like I've actually watched a ton of these guys. I've seen a ton of them, but I think he's one of the top like slot corners out there. And, and then to me, uh, Rogers and Fagans are, are, are bigger, more boundary guys. They're longer, you know, Kamari. I don't know <laughs> if he's like, he may be six one, but he's got super long limbs. I, yeah. I, I always joke. He's like built like a, a grasshopper. He's got long legs. And, right. and then Fagans is, you know, over six two. So, um, I see why Miami's chasing after these guys. I think it makes sense. And I'll also say this, like, I think it's a really, really good year nationally and in the Southeast for cornerbacks, like that there's going to be enough guys to potentially go around, you know, okay. you know, Miami's obviously going to have to close, but like, dude, Alabama and LSU can't take everyone. Clemson can't take everyone. So uh, I, I, I'm not saying one's going to fall in Miami's lap, but like, it's not like they're going to have to go head to head for every single guy, if that makes sense. With Rodgers, do you have a crystal ball? I do not. I do not. It, I would. I, I think I wrote this on that crystal ball day that I did not participate in. Um, I would have. Uh, I would. I, I would go low Miami on him. But Ole Miss scares me, man. They're recruiting at an sure. insane, insane level. And even if he were to pick Miami in July, like. You know, Lane Kiffin right. was rocking a flip a, a flip miss T-shirt, right? You know, to his press conference three months ago. So that would scare me in the week leading up to the early signing period. Like, I don't think that recruitment would be over. Who is is there a lead recruiter there, or DVD and T Rob tag teaming it? DVD and T Rob. Um, okay. You know, Blake Baker was involved. He's now at LSU, but DVD, T Rob, I, I, and Manny Diaz are in there as well. All right move on to wide receiver talk. Yeah, I think this is an interesting um hold on someone's just messaging me stuff. Uh sorry, bad podcasting. You know, I think this is an interesting one. I I've outlined it, I've detailed it. I do not think it's a great year locally for wide receivers. I don't even think it's a great year in the state. To be honest, mm -hmm. the two top receiver prospects might be defensive backs if you watch film. Um, right. and that's Sam McCall, who's at Lakeland, Lake Gibson, like his receiver tapes pretty good, but he's probably corner safety at the next level. Uh, and then as Thomas, who's up in Niceville all the way in the panhandle, he's got good, um, wide receiver tape as well, but probably a DB. Uh, so it's just not a great year. Um, right. I, I think, I do think it's notable last week and Gabby Arudia, our, our colleague wrote, wrote about this Miami made, I think it was the top four or top five for Isaiah Horton wide receiver out of Tennessee, you know, is Miami going to pull this kid out of there? Cause I think the other schools are sec schools in that top group. I don't know, but I did hear recently that Horton trains with one of Rob Likens, former players. Like, I don't know if it's someone that Rob coached at, where was he at Cal? Yeah. He coached Cal, there. Yeah. Cal or Arizona state, but there is some type of connection there. And, you know, he's currently ranked as a, like a mid three star. I, I watched this tape and I, I think he's a four star guy all the way. Six, two, six, three kid, uh, state qualifier in the track also plays basketball, baseball. So I think he's good. And then some other names, I just want to toss out there that I know kind of Miami is in on um, two guys that I think Miami made this graphic or uh, someone made the graphic. It was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it, it had to do with Jacurry Brown and it was Quan Lee and Marcus Peterson. Like it was like the big three or something like that. I guess they all play on the same seven on seven team or, or, mm -hmm. or tied in in some way like that. Um, and I know Miami really likes Quan Lee 
in Marcus Peterson. Quan Lee is at Buholds, which is in Gainesville. Shorter slot guy. I will say what separates him from the others, other speedy guys, is he's really competitive. Also plays defense. If you watch his film, I don't know, David, if you watch his play, like the three-minute mark, um, 3.30 or something like that if you're on huddle, he like lays out for this catch. And I, I don't know, to me, it's like, a really difficult catch and he just makes it look so easy. Like when mm-hmm. you're running that post route and you actually extend for the ball, like, yeah, in theory guys should do that, but they don't do it often. So uh, I know Miami likes him and then Marcus Peterson, you know, I think he might be more of a tight end, but uh, Miami sees him as a, as a big receiver play a big hooper uh, on the basketball court. I think he scored like 30 plus the other night for Lake city, Columbia. Um, and he, he's a guy who actually played some quarterback this past year out of necessity. So those are two. Uh, and then I'm going to toss two more out to you because I, w- I want your opinion on one of these guys. Uh, Jaden Gibson up in up in Orlando, 6'6", wide receiver at, at West Orange. I think we've talked about him in the past. But the other one, Landon Ibietta, who is a wide receiver out of Louisiana. You saw him play for the Louisiana bootleggers at that mm-hmm. Miami Battle of Tournament. He might have been the best player on that on that team, to be honest. Yeah, is is he kind of flying under the radar? Because at that point, he kind of was. Is is that still the case? Yeah, I mean, before that, he only had group of five offers. Um, I think that night or the next day, Monday morning, Virginia offered. Miami was kind of after that. I, I don't know who else has come in, but I do know uh, her someone pretty connected that my uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Miami is a is a big fan of Landon. And his tape is good. Um, I actually went and watched it uh, after you kind of passed that on to me. And uh, he's a productive guy, you know. Um, he looks different, right, than, than most wide receivers uh, at the Power 5 level. But he, he clearly has all the attributes to be a successful player and produces at a high level. So, um, you know, I, I like the fit. Yeah. Interesting to see just kind of how it shakes out. I mean, they're going to have to take some some wide receiver, wide receiver talent, so I wanted to bring those guys up. Um, last thing, should I just go through some, like, closing the notebook from this Myrtle Beach tournament? Let's close it. Or do, do you have any – first off, do you have any questions about any of the guys there? Or you have no idea who's even there? So, so what is your opinion on Marcus Peterson in terms of wide receiver tight end? Wasn't there. Me, wasn't there. <laughs> Well, okay, but just in, from tape. I think he's a tight end. I do too. Like to me, he looks like his tape reminds me a lot. And I don't know if he tests like this athletically, but it reminds me of David Njoku. Ooh. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he's, he's, I don't know if he's like rocked up like that. I mean, Njoku was always kind of like a lean, twitchy guy, right? If you saw him, yes. you would know he was a player. I, I don't know if Peterson's like that. Okay. And Najoku's recruitment was was interesting because, you know, he was kind of viewed as a tweener at, at the high school level, and Ohio State was kind of slow playing him, and eventually, because Ohio State didn't know if he was a wide receiver or a tight end, and you know, Miami kind of sold him on tight end, and, and that's where he ended up. So, I don't know. I just I, it's probably a crazy comp, but his tape does remind me of Najoku. Huh. No, I mean, I got to see him in person. I got to see him in person. He he told me he was like, I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach. I'm like, okay. 
7 30 a.m i'm standing out there on this frozen turf and he's not he's not there <laughs> i will say there is another kid on his team i did like i mentioned to this 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 to you before um he even came up and that's thomas castellanos mm-hmm. okay he's a kid at ware county which is in waycross georgia i think that's i mean that is south georgia this this to me is like dj dallas 2.0 um, so he, he totaled over 3,200 yards as a junior playing primarily quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. at this seven on seven tournament, he was a wide receiver in DB and he was pretty awesome. Um, Florida state just offered him, you know, his cousin is Devonte Freeman. So I think maybe long-term they could be hard to beat, but I'm a big fan of this kid just in terms of him being, a football player, four six on the right. lasers. He, he's five eleven. Like, dude, I think he could get it done. To be honest, at quarterback, I know some schools view him as a QB. Others are saying wide receiver. He joked to me. I'm like, well, would you play defense? He's like, yo, I, I only scored touchdowns, which I thought was pre- <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But, um, you know, this guy's a football player. I, I'm interested to see if Miami will make a move. I know he had actually has some type of relationship with DJ Dallas, uh, and he's being discussed at Miami, but intriguing option to me especially like you know if you ever need an emergency quarterback or or something like that if you were Miami would you offer him straight up as your only quarterback target or not no um I think they're probably going to want to see him throw first right and I think you got to know what's going on with Jacoby Brown right 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 anything else from that event uh, one, one more guy to, I mean, there was a ton of like Georgia kids, you know, right. a, a bunch of kids from Buford or is it Beaufort? I, I think you say it like in North or South Carolina, you say it one way, Georgia, you say it the <laughs> other way. I, I don't know, but Buford, Beaufort, um, you know, there's a ton of those kids there. I was talking to some of them, uh, and they always bring up Jess Simpson. They're like, man, he's, he's a legend at our, at our school. Sure. Uh, and, and Miami's definitely in it with one of those kids, Malik Spencer, unranked safety. Um, he was pretty good in coverage, man. He, he had a pick for Hustle Inc., which is the premier. It's basically the South Florida Express of, mm-hmm. of the Atlanta area. I thought he was good. He told me Miami and, and Michigan State are kind of out, at, uh, out on top. Uh, and, and Miami views him as that striker role. So we'll see. You know, I personally have Javante McClendon. A uh, kid from Lake Gibson over in Lakeland, probably probably higher higher than Malik on my board if we're talking hybrid linebacker safeties. But he's intriguing. Told me a decision could come before spring. So, you know, Miami's Miami's in that one. I think they're going to definitely get back involved in, in certain parts of Georgia with Simpson uh, running things. How does Malik Spencer compare to the Hollandale guys? Oof. I mean, that's a good question. You know. I thought Jalen Marshall is who just committed to Arizona state is like the most likely to be a linebacker in that group. Well, I guess mm-hmm. Alfonso Allen is, is as well. Uh, Alfonso Allen to me, and I've said this to you off air, like it's starting to remind me a lot of Cam Kitchens. Yeah, um, I agree. So can you take those guys in back-to-back cycles? I, I don't know. Uh, I guess I would probably have Alfonso over Malik Spencer. That, that's a good, that's a good question. You know, Edric Weldon, I still don't know what you do with him. Like, I think he's intriguing as hell. Um, yes. Probably like a linebacker. I, I don't know. I think so. 
Yeah. And then Anthony Rose, who's probably going to commit to South Carolina on Tuesday. I think he has the highest ceiling of all three of those guys and, and he's a safety. Do you think he will end up at South Carolina? Like to me, he just seems like a high level sec type, you know, even a Miami type. Do you think, think he sticks there? I think he could. I mean, you gotta okay. remember Torian Gray's there. Right. Right. You Good know. recruiter. Exactly. That's just my thought process. I would just be curious if he, you know, his stock continues to rise during this year. So it'll be interesting to follow Anthony Rose. Yeah. It'll be interesting to follow all of those guys. Um, at home. Let me, uh, before we get out of here, let me bring attention to the deal. 24 seven sports is running for the VIP uh, 50% off. And what's special about this particular 50% off is that they are allowing you to sync uh, with a, if you have a VIP membership at 50% off, with Inside the U, you can also have access to CBS All Access, the streaming service, which is going to turn into Paramount Plus on March 4th, I believe, March 3rd or March 4th. So uh, typically with these 50% off annual deals, uh, 24-7 does not allow you to sync it with the CBS streaming service. But you know, between now and March 3rd or 4th, they are allowing you to do it if you sign up, um, you know, between now and that date. So Paramount Plus, people around CBS are very excited about this, you know, the streaming service. It's going to be a lot of content from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, and lots of movies from Paramount Pictures. So if you're into streaming, this is going to be another streaming service that's going to have plenty of content and you get a lot of value if you do sign up for a 50% off inside the U VIP subscription, which I think is around 54 bucks. So if you want to take advantage of that deal, I would highly recommend it. All right, man. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Good stuff. All right. Later. Take care.